is up, everybody. Welcome to another episode of your favorite Kansas state government and politics podcast. That's right. This is chilling in the state house. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's state house team, and I'm joined by Jason Tidd, my better half. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. I will continue to dispute the better half portion, but I'll I'll take what I can get. Do you want to take this outside after? No, it's it's a little hot out there. <laughs> well, it feels like we're doing this podcast once every 10 years, and that that's my fault because I was out of town at a conference. But I'm back now. We're back to regular podcasts. And that means we are going to talk about the once every 10-year redistricting process. And who better to do that with us than John Hanna of the Associated Press? John, welcome back to the podcast. I'm just so happy to be here, Andrew. I'm, as you know, a big fan of the podcast and every time i have to wait for one i get a little shaky so <laughs> we don't want you going through withdrawals so that's no, why no, no. it's it's i see little rats in the walls and <laughs> little lost weekend reference there for you old timers <laughs> um well and this is we wanted to have you on because you have gone through several of of the uh redistricting this will processes. be my fifth and um i i will explain that there uh it was 1992 2002 and 2012 and then they had a special the legislature had a special redistricting only for the kansas house in 1989 and that was because they used to do legislative redistricting in the last year of the decade and they switched that to the second year of the decade when they were always doing congressional redistricting after the census. And so because the districts in the House were 10 years out of date at that point and they were going to have an election in 1990, they redrew the House districts. And that actually was the mildest, least contentious redistricting I've covered, and they've gotten increasingly more acrimonious well, every 10 years. And I think that this one will, will be up to the task. But first, you mentioned the census. Yes. That's probably a good place to start. Jason and John, while I was away last week, the census numbers will play. That is, they were released. And what did the census numbers say? The census numbers showed that rural Kansas is losing population, or at least most of rural Kansas, and most of metropolitan areas of Kansas are gaining population, which also means they will be gaining House and Senate district seats. Yeah, if you look at the numbers roughly... 80 counties lost population overall, um, and the the biggest winners in terms of seats, the first one, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, is Johnson County, the state's most populous county. The uh, economic engine of the state of Kansas, well, yes, as the Johnson would, County they, delegation yes, is they fond would of tell saying. you that, yes. And by the way, they've been saying that for at least 35 years. Um, but... The fact is they're, they look like they're likely to gain three House seats, Kansas House seats, and maybe probably a Kansas Senate seat. And then uh, the Wichita area looks like, given the numbers, probably one House seat there. And then some districts in Lawrence and a couple of other places around Manhattan look like they'll shrink. 
Well, and if we if we think about the congressional districts, which is where a lot of people's minds are at at the moment, we'll get to the state house maybe a little later. But how this comes out is congressional the third congressional district, which is Sharice David's, the lone Democrat in Kansas's congressional delegation, is about I believe seventy thousand people over where it needs to be in terms of having uniform uh, population in each of the four congressional districts. Wichita, the fourth congressional district, which is represented by Ron Estes, a Republican, is about right where it needs to be. The second congressional district, Jake LeTurner, also Republican. That district includes Topeka, Lawrence, and southeast Kansas. Mm, a little bit off. And then the first congressional district, the big first, which is all of uh, rural western Kansas, is way, way below where you would need to be in order to have equal districts. So, guys... This is a bit of a conundrum. Well, I mean, the first district is going to have to grow in size and probably the second district a little bit and maybe the fourth district. And then in theory, the third district shrinks. Now, of course, there is the nightmare scenario for the Democrats, which is that the Republicans try to run the first district from the Colorado border up northern tier of counties all the way to the Missouri border and then hook down and get part of uh, Kansas City, Kansas um, to and take those largely Democratic voters away from Sharice Davids. Well, and, and Jason, I, you listened to the, the redist- some of the redistricting hearings last week, which we can talk about in a moment. But what is popular sentiment about that plan? <laughs> Well, of the people who showed up to these, was it 14 town halls across the state? 14 town halls, which Democrats would say were crammed into one week. Uh, Most are concerned about the potential for gerrymandering. Uh, Most of these town halls were held before we even had any of this data we were talking about. The Census Bureau didn't release it until Thursday afternoon. And by that point, there were just three town halls left. Well, and and the idea of splitting up the Kansas City area and putting it in with Western Kansas was not any more popular 10 years ago. It was an idea that was floated pretty seriously at that time, and it it just it, it got the same kind of public reception. There was also 10 years ago, interestingly enough, a proposal that um, to split Topeka between the first and the second districts. And that that idea, the governor at the time was Republican Sam Brownback. He was not opposed to that idea because he wanted to keep Manhattan in the second district with Lawrence and Fort Leavenworth. And that didn't work out. And so Manhattan went over to the first district. And they would like the a little testimony during these town halls suggested they'd like to go back to the second. And I mean, thinking about putting Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas in the big first. I mean, it's not just people in Kansas City that would, wouldn't like this. I mean, people in Western Kansas, I think, are suspicious of the idea, too, because historically, the first congressional district representative is on the House Agriculture Committee. They are very involved in rural issues and agriculture issues. And I mean, if you had, theoretically, Tracy Mann, the current representative of the big first, is from Salina. But if you had someone from the Kansas City area, a Republican in that seat... Would they be as committed to serving on the House Ag Committee, for instance? Would they be representing the interests of most of that district, which is looks 
radically different than Kansas City, Kansas. Well, and and the other question is is that Kansas City, Kansas is mostly demographically very different than most of Western Kansas. Or really now, most of the state. Well, as a whole, I, I would I would point out that the one exception to that is Southwest Kansas, where there is a a sizable Hispanic Latino population. And actually, there are several counties that are majority non-white. Four counties, I believe. Uh, yeah. Finney, Ford, Seward, and uh, I can't remember the fourth. Grant, maybe. Grant. I, I, I yeah. think you're right. I think it sticks in my mind that it's Grant, but it's you're right. There are there are four, and and actually, a couple of the, couple of those went to. And when we say we should be careful here. Um, Hispanic or Latino, the census defines that as an ethnicity, not a not a racial category. So you can be white and Hispanic or black and Hispanic. So when I'm talking about white only, I'm talking about white non people who identify as white non Hispanic. And yeah, it's an interesting demographic change, and an interesting question of what happens if those communities are in uh, with Wyandotte County where the Hispanic population also grew over the last 10 years and which is a very diverse community. And that, that thing, the idea is all those conservative Republican votes in western Kansas would just swamp the Wyandotte County Democratic more progressive votes. Um, but who knows if you get a good appealing candidate with the right message and they work hard on getting voter turnout up in some of these in, in, in southwest Kansas and in Wyandotte County. Who knows what that would look like? And that, of course, would bring up the recent election laws and concerns that voter advocacy groups have over what they would call voter suppression in minority groups. Well, and, and not to get too far astray, but to that end, I mean, Ford County, Dodge City was subject of a very contentious lawsuit, public fight over where they put their polling places. And it's well, actually, on, polling place singular. Yeah, right. I mean, it was out of town, impossible to get to via public transit, to the extent public transit exists in Dodge City. These are interesting issues that... Yeah. That... Uh, perhaps a little far afield of the podcast, but it's a very good point, I think. Now, John, in the past, has the preference been to be, keep counties whole when it comes to redistricting, at least for congressional districts? It, it generally has been. Now, I will say, back in the dark mists of time, the Jurassic Age, aka before I started working for the Associated <laughs> Press. Wait, wait, wait. Kansas was a state before you started yeah, working for the Yeah, I know. Isn't the that amazing? Um, I thought you were here for Bleeding Kansas. And no, 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 no. I came a little bit after that. Um, in in the 70s, uh, Wichita was split between two districts. And if I'm remembering correctly, Wyandotte County was also split between two districts. Um, the interesting thing is that you had in the second district, Eastern Kansas. Back then they had five districts. You had a Democrat uh, for some of those years. And, of course, uh, Dan Glickman represented 
the fourth district down in that Wichita area for years and years. I think he won an election when it was split like that. Um, so, you know, all of these ideas and plans and lines, they, they can have a very big effect, but sometimes they don't quite do what you people thought they would do. Well, the notion of like breaking up Johnson County, which has been floated, you start to run into issues because do you really want to piss off the fastest growing part of the state? One that has significant representation on the redistricting committees, the economic engine of Kansas. I mean, yes. dividing, I mean, that's that that's, it seems like a fraught idea. It, it, it can. I mean, on the other hand, that district has to lose population. So one way or the other. One way or the other. And so if legislators are determined not to bust up the Kansas City area, there are, I mean, then your alternatives are splitting up Wyandotte County a little bit, splitting up Johnson County a little bit, also dropping the piece of my, I think it's Miami County, Miami yeah. County that's in that district. <laughs> Which would, 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 would lose the, the Republicans of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, the issue for Republicans is any of those moves to kind of make that district more compact could have the effect of if you, if you cut it, draw the line through Johnson County you if you draw it east to west in Johnson County you you run the risk of lopping off the more Republican more conservative southern areas I suppose they could try to draw it north south um, or you know shoot diagonally I mean, I'm sure they'll come up with many, many ideas. And so that's why you're starting to see, you know, the, the talk about coming over the north in the first district and hooking down. You know, the other issue is the, the, the members of Congress will get involved in this. Um, they did 10 years ago. They did 20 years ago. Um, often they're quiet and very behind the scenes about it. Ten years ago, Lynn Jenkins came out. She was the congressman for congresswoman for the second district, and she talked about wanting to keep Manhattan in her district. And um, so that happens sometimes. And 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 because members of Congress have preferences like legislators themselves do. And of course, then there was the epic struggle in 2012 in which the legislature passed nada and uh, it all ended up before a panel of three federal judges. Which is a place where you would imagine they would not want to return. Well, and and, and I I produced the, the story I wrote when the judges released their maps. They did it very late on a Thursday night. I remember getting the email that notified me that the ruling was out like at nine o'clock at night. And looking at the maps and just... Which is never... We're all reporters here. Anything that comes out at 9 p.m., that's never a great sign for what the public reaction is going to be. But at least it was a Thursday, not a Friday. That's true. That's true. And and what they... The the judges, when they redrew these lines on the Senate, state Senate side, four districts had no incumbents. And that meant pairs of incumbents were put together... In the House, 125 districts 
25 had no incumbent in them. And not only not only did they pair up dozens of legislators, they even had two House districts with three incumbents in them. One was in Topeka and one was in Southeast Kansas. Talk about a knife fight. Like yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and uh, the House Speaker at the time, Mike O'Neill, said, you couldn't be more disruptive if you tried. And the, the judges just, I mean, I remember looking at the maps and saying, for example, in Topeka, you know, they do these nice square compact districts. And they, they did not care, it seemed, at all if two incumbents were put together or what happened. That was just not apparently a consideration. And of course, for legislators, that is among the first things they think about. I mean, they get those maps and they have little red dots for where their houses are. So they they know exactly where they live in a district and if the lines are drawn a certain way, what will happen. And this issue came up over the summer when Sedgwick County, the Democratic Party there, the precinct committee men and committee women, were choosing a new legislator. Uh, one of the representatives had resigned, and they needed a new rep to carry out the rest of the term. And one of the key arguments against the person who ended up getting chosen was that his house is at the edge of the district and very easily could the, the border could be moved about three blocks over, and his house would be drawn into a heavy Republican district. That's fascinating. Well, and 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 I I was looking at um, in 2019 when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the issue of whether a, a, a map is too partisan. That's the only issue. Is it too partisan to be fair? The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that that is a political question that the federal courts can't answer. And there was a case of a woman who had a district line literally going through the middle of her house, (laughs) which so her home was in two separate congressional districts. Now, of course, one of the great principles of redistricting that they promise they're going to try to adhere to is not splitting counties or political subdivisions, but um, when you get to congressional redistricting, the number one thing for those federal judges is that those districts are as equal in population as possible. And that means if they can tweak that map just a little and get the deviation to absolute zero for all four of those districts, there's a significant chance that they will do that in the name of one man one vote and that that number this year needs to be what about seven hundred thirty four thousand something for like that yeah and it's and yeah, it's the, the total the total population is divisible by four um so you look for those congressional maps look for them to be as equal in population at probably equal if if the lines work. And I mean, uh, I, I remember in one redistricting, they cut uh, one town, uh, one small town right off at the interstate that went through it so that like 45 people 
north of the interstate were in the first district and everybody else was in the fourth, stuff like that. And, and of course, local residents don't like that very much. Well, real quick, as we kind of wrap up here, it, it, one point, though, talking about court reviews, it's worth noting the Kansas Supreme Court will get a whack at reviewing whatever comes out here. And given how much they have, they have thrown monkey wrenches in the plans of the legislature in recent years, that's but worth But the thing is, the legislature has to pass something for the Kansas Supreme Court to look at it. You, do you think they're not going to learn the mistakes of 10 years ago? I, I, it, is, it is hard to see how redistricting this year could be more contentious than it was 10 years ago. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a, a, that, but that was a bitter fight between moderate and conservative Republicans. I mean, there was a caucus where the chairman of the Senate committee, the conservatives were giving him a lot of trouble. And, you know, his basic response was, I don't have to listen to this nonsense. And he walked out of the, out of the meeting and everybody was like, what did he just, yes. Um, And you had the lawsuit filed even before the legislature finished because there was so much skepticism that they could pass, the legislature could pass something. And those lawsuits will be over the fact that the state is mal, would be over the fact that the state's malapportioned, that the districts aren't equal enough in population. Lots to watch, lots of drama. Coming I, out, right? I like to I like I call I like to call this process Mapzilla, you know, because I have this big picture of the big lizard monster stomping around and leveling everything in its path and breathing fire. So it's the return of Mapzilla or Mapzilla versus the smog monster, maybe. Is there any one person in Topeka who has the most control over this process? God, Mapzilla, Map, Mapzilla. It's um, it, that's that's really hard to say because if Republicans are united, then they can draw the lines pretty much the way they want. And yes, there will be issues for the Kansas Supreme Court and federal courts to decide. But the range of what they can consider will be more limited. Um, If Republicans can't hold together, if they get into some internal fight, a few moderates, for example, the few moderates that are left in the legislature don't like some of the lines or the prospects, uh, and Republicans come up with a map that Governor Kelly does not like, then you could see a situation where it all gets thrown back to the courts and we have this interesting thing that that we had 10 years ago. And I would argue there are just enough moderates left to gum up the works or rogue, self-interested legislators thinking about a few particular in the Kansas Senate. Um, well, and, and, and that's the other thing about this. It's not just it's not just rural versus urban, Republican versus Democrat, suburban versus urban. It's personal. It can get very, 
very personal. You are not taking those precincts out of my district because those are my favorite precincts. I always walk in the parade in that precinct and, and the people love me and you are not taking it away. But I need those precincts for my district. No, you don't. <laughs> that sort of thing. When will be the first time that we see a map? Well, we'll we should see maps coming out of committee the normal process probably late february early march i mean in theory if they're doing this they're getting them done they're getting them done by early april so that you know the courts whatever court reviews are required they go through that and then the districts are in place, the lines are in place in time for the filing deadline, June 1st. Now, 10 years ago, the filing deadline was pushed back 10 days to June 11th because the court issued its, it released its maps on June 8th. And it was, I think it was June 8th, it was pretty late. And it, the the filing deadline, the last day of the filing deadline was was. I think charitably insane, just gobs of people at the secretary of state's office, all of them wanting to file, some of them not really needing advice on where they could file because of where they lived, people filing and unfile. I mean, it's just, it was a real circus. If you like circuses, and we know you all do, you're going to want to follow along the Topeka Capital Journal State House coverage, and you can do that at cjonline.com or on our Twitter at cjonline. And gentlemen, if they want to follow your coverage of the circus, where can that happen? Jason? My Twitter is at Jason underscore Tid. That's T-I-D-D. And my my Twitter is at A-P-J-D Hanna. That's H-A-N-N-A. You can read uh, Associated Press at APnews.com. If you do backslash Kansas, you get my stories there. Or any of the fine print publications that are members of the Associated Press. Including the Topeka Capital <laughs> Journal. <laughs> You're too kind. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Ball. B-A-H-L. And Jason, if they want to find Chillin' in the State House, where can they make that happen? Anywhere podcasts can be found, including cjonline.com. If you're really lazy. And let's see, Audacity uh, or Odyssey. Uh, Spotify, because I usually listen on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Uh, And I'm sure if you just... Google Chillin, that's C-H-I-L-L-I-N apostrophe in the state house. The apostrophe is very important, folks. We're, we're yes. too chill to have a G in there. Google will do all the work for you. And that's really what we're about. Well, folks, another Chillin' in the state house is in the books. We appreciate you listening. Jason, pleasure as always, sir. Thank you. John. And John? Thank you. Have a good week, y'all. We'll see you next time.